hope that the episodes here at Wisdom for Wellbeing will support you in moving towards a vital life, in a life that feels really in alignment with who you want to be and where you want to be going. You're listening to the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast, the show that blends science and heart to bring you evidence-based tips and tricks for cultivating a healthy, wealthy, and meaningful life. Now, here's your host, therapist, yogi, and fellow full life balancer, Dr. Caitlin Harkis. Well, hello there. Welcome to the final episode, the summary episode of Wisdom for All Being Season 4. If this just happens to be the first episode that you are diving into and we haven't met before, my name is Dr. Caitlin Harkis. I am a clinical psychologist, a senior yoga instructor, a meditation guide, and ultimately, like yourself, a human being who is navigating the balance of a full life with heartfeltness. And I really hope that the episodes here at Wisdom for Wellbeing will support you in moving towards a vital life, in a life that feels really in alignment with who you want to be and where you want to be going. So the intention in today's episode then is very much around offering a compass, a map to support you in diving into this season in the most effective manner. You know, I think that all of the episodes that have come together to compose the season are really useful and beautiful in their own right. But I recognize that each of us has our own path and there might be certain supports that we're seeking at any moment in time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk through some overarching kind of umbrella categories of these episodes and suggest what you might find in each so that you might then jump back to the specific episodes that feel really useful and might be really potent at this moment in time. I'm going to start by talking you through some of the episodes that are designed to support you with overarching awareness skills, you know, mindfulness skills, meditation skills, yoga skills. And the intention of these episodes is really around cultivating your ability to be in the present moment. You know, to be in the present moment, whether it is through mindful movement, you know, seated practices or philosophical frameworks, you know, around compassion and the like. So we've had in this season, the wonderful Dr. Andrew McGonaghy come and talk to us about intelligent movement, you know, how we move our bodies in a manner that is internally experienced and feels really healthful and helpful. In this episode, Dr. McGonaghy, who is a beautiful meditation and yoga instructor, really helps us dive into the cultivation of an internally driven yoga practice, whereby we really affirm our own wisdom, our own body knowledge. So this was episode two, and you might head back to episode two here here in season four to to hear more wisdom around intelligent movement. 
In regards to yoga as well, I offered a yoga myths training. This was a reflection of a webinar that I was sharing more broadly, and I thought it would be really useful to share here on Wisdom for All Being. So it's episode number eight, where we dive into some of the myths that might actually hold you back from starting a yoga practice. If that's something that feels really useful for you, a mindful movement practice, it would pair really nicely with um, the interview with Andrew in episode two. So the yoga myths is itself episode number eight. And if yoga is something that feels really aligned for you, we dive into it a bit more with Dr. Diana Hill as lo- alongside an exploration of compassion. So this is in episode eight. Dr. Diana Hill works with the acceptance and commitment therapy framework, the ACT framework that you often hear about here on Wisdom for Wellbeing, as well as a specific model of compassion that suggests three arms. You know, this idea that compassion isn't just self-compassion, albeit that is a very important element, but that it's about how we share compassion with those around us, how we give compassion, which can be really useful in a parenting role, as well as at a time where there's a lot of suffering in this world and a lot of room for us to show up compassionately, as well as how we actually accept compassion, how we accept support. This is a really important skill and really useful in terms of the flow of compassion. I dive further into compassion myself in episode 14, specifically in terms of what compassion actually is, and explore and start to differentiate a little bit between empathy and compassion, and explore things where we hear about, you know, for instance, compassion fatigue. You know, perhaps this is actually empathetic fatigue. Maybe there's a little bit of a difference here in the languaging and the experience of compassion. If this sounds intriguing, you might head to episode 14 to learn more. Another really important element that I think pairs really beautifully with compassion is something called equanimity. You know, this ability to find balance, to move gracefully in the world. And we dive into equanimity with Dr. Joey Weber in episode number three. He has written a book called Why Mindfulness is Not Enough. And he really frameworks the vital role equanimity plays in terms of meditation practices and also how we are showing up in our lives generally. So if that sounds interesting to you, you'll head to episode number three to dive in further. And as we're talking about mindfulness, meditation, I offered a special sort of holiday episode, episode number four, entitled The Gift of Presence, where we talk about present moment awareness, how we cultivate present moment awareness and what that actually means. You know, ultimately formal meditation or mindful movement practices or informal mindfulness. These are all practices to support us in cultivating presence because it is in presence that we can find a real state of joy, of bliss. And presence is really vital when we talk about mood too, because it's when we are not present with what's going on for us that we tend to rate our mood lower and we slip into patterns of rumination and worry. So that's episode four where we talk about the gift of presence and then this is unpacked a little bit further in episode number 18 where I talk about the monkey mind, 
also known scientifically as the default mode network. Now this default mode network is the part of your brain that is active when you are not present, which is to say, this is the cycle, you know, the connections in the brain that are unfolding when you have space between, you know, present moment awareness and active engagement in an activity. And it's the cycle that draws us into those worries and those patterns of rumination. So learning about what the default mode network actually is, you know, what we often call the monkey mind, as I mentioned, and that's sort of a more Eastern, Eastern languaging around it. This is, I think, really helpful because if we can be aware of what it is and why it's happening and take some of the sting out of the experience. So in this episode, I actually dive into why this network exists in your brain from an evolutionary perspective so that perhaps you can be more compassionate when it's, when it's coming online when you're finding yourself caught somewhere other than here in the present. And then, you know, I mentioned kind of the the scientific languaging around the default mode network. In episode number 18, I explore secular spirituality and how science and spirituality can exist side by side. We know that spiritual practice is good for our physical health alongside our mental health, our emotional well-being, but it isn't necessarily something that all of us have. You know, if you don't have a religious framework that you're feeling connected with or a sense of spiritual practice, is it possible to, to cultivate something that feels integral to your worldview? And this is where I think the secular um, the secular framework around spiritual practice is really useful. So dive into episode 18 to learn a little bit more about that and see if that aligns with how you're viewing the world and what you might need on this journey. Then if we dive into some of the episodes that are really aimed at supporting you in navigating your personal um, experiences, you know, your not neurobiological traits and states, we started off this season with the wonderful Jennifer Kemp, episode number one, Exploring Perfectionism. Ah, does that sound familiar to you? It's um, it's a very common struggle. You know, perfectionism is particularly challenging because a lot of esteem might come from doing things perfectly. But as you know, we are imperfect human beings. Perfection is not really an option. So in this struggle to try and be perfect, we can exhaust ourselves. And perfectionism is transdiagnostic, which means it can exist across a lot of different uh, mental health challenges people have, including anxiety and depression. So if this is something where you go, oh, I struggle in this area, you might want to dive into episode number one, as well as checking out episode number nine, where I interview Dr. Patricia Zarita Ona around perfectionism as well. And she has a unique framework that honors, you know, the incredible gift that perfectionism can also give us in terms of high standards and motivating us to, to push our bounds whilst balancing when we might find find um, distress, you know, psychological distress associated with some of these traits and how to disentangle these elements. So dive into episode nine, as well as, you know, Jennifer's episode number one, if perfectionism is familiar to you. 
if you experience high sensitivity, you know, and high sensitivity, the trait of high sensitivity is biological. So this might mean that you feel like you pick up on emotional states in the rooms, the emotional experience of others that you're around, maybe loud noises, bright lights, maybe, you know, these things impact you more than someone else. You might, you know, taste things in a richer way. You might be more um, to experience music, poetry, the arts more deeply. If you're kind of resonating with what I'm saying here, you might actually be a highly sensitive person or there might be people in your life who are important to you and who you might go, oh, I think they might be quite sensitive. In which case, dive into episode number six, where I interview Thomas Anderson around the experience of being a highly sensitive person and his journey from burnout to rebuilding his life. You know, the skills, the practices that he cultivated that helped him manage the overwhelm and the exhaustion due to this unrelenting sort of striving he was experiencing and the sensitivity, the emotional sensitivity that came with his neurobiological wiring. In terms of wiring as well, you know, we as individuals formulate at a very, very early stage in our development, a sense of attachment, connection with others. And in episode number 18, I interview Bethany Saltman, who is an attachment expert. And we talk about writing your own love story and the science of attachment that is relevant in terms of how you relate to yourself as well as how you form relationships with others. So if you notice patterns in your relationships, you know, perhaps struggles, you might want to dive in here to learn more about attachment science and how it um, impacts in terms of child caregiver relationships as well as romantically in relationships generally. So that is super relevant and I think particularly useful given that attachment science is something that we're hearing more and more about in the media and you know we're commonly talking about it now. The other episode that I think is really useful in navigating your personal experience and how you're traveling is a wonderful interview with Jessica um, Dorr in episode number 17. So Jessica deals with tarot cards. And I think what's really wonderful is that Jessica uses tarot cards to support you in better understanding where you're at. The tarot cards almost act like metaphors, like mediums to check in with how you are traveling at any point in time. So head to episode number 17 to learn more about Jessica Dorr's amazing tarot framework. You know, she refers to tarot for change. And we also dive in there too, a little bit into spirituality and the like. So all of these categories that I'm offering here are, um, I think in some ways artificial, but I hope it's helpful in terms of guiding you a little bit more. And if parenting is an area where you would like a little bit of support, in episode seven, I interview Dr. Renee Kachai around mindful parenting. She's written a really beautiful book called Parenting Freedom, and it actually dives into how we support you as a parent to tune into your needs, your expectations, where you're at, so then you can show up effectively as a parent. Rather than it being about how you support your child, it's really internally focused, and I think this is really 
really, really useful. So episode seven, Dr. Laura Anderson in episode 10 also supports us in understanding and navigating pandemic parenting, particularly if you have children who are a bit younger, maybe school age, and have had some changes in their world. She supports us in understanding how we talk with young people and explain these changes that we as a community are navigating. She's also written a really wonderful book about Henrietta, a little hedgehog who is navigating some troubles with some thistleberries, which is a metaphor for the pandemic and for COVID. And I think you might find that really useful if you work with little people. If you have had struggles on the parenting journey, or if you know someone who has, or you know, you're heading into um, the prenatal period, you might enjoy episode number 13, where I interview Gina Zimmerman on her lived experience with postnatal depression. Gina really beautifully opens up with vulnerability around the challenges that she's experienced. And I think that you'll find it really informative. Gina is um, an incredible yoga practitioner, teacher, spiritual teacher and someone to whom you know she might not have thought that this was going to be her experience of early motherhood and and is beautifully vulnerable in sharing because I think this is something that a lot of individuals navigating this period will relate to so I hope this is helpful for you and perhaps for you as you support loved ones in your life and in your community and then in terms of how we actively make change in terms of lifestyle and cultivating patterns that are helpful for us in this journey to vital living. There are a few episodes in lifestyle that I just wanted to draw your attention to. So in episode number five, I talk through how you can cultivate healthful habits. You know, the easiest way to cultivate mini habits, micro changes that will lead to big results along the way, because we know that motivation is so fleeting. If you're trying to make big, big changes and relying heavily on motivation, ultimately this can result in failure or missed opportunities and unfortunately doesn't necessarily support us in cultivating long-term behavior change. So I think if you are human, like all of us, and perhaps at times struggle to implement healthy habits or new habits, you might head to episode five to learn more. Then in episode 15, I interview Dr. Renee Thomas on lifestyle medicine. Now, Dr. Thomas is, you know, triple board certified um, physician and is incredibly um, knowledgeable and informative around lifestyle, actually having worked in one of the blue zones. So if you haven't heard of blue zones before, these are the areas in the world where there is a high proportion of individuals who've lived over 100 years and seem to have patterns around their lifestyle, including eating mainly plant-based, you know, moving their bodies lots, having a very, very rich social life. Dr. Thomas talks us through these elements and how we might make changes in our life. We actually dive into sleep, which is going to be one of the things that we'll be exploring in the next season. Sleep is something that is so vital and so important alongside how we eat, you know, plant-based in a creative way. And she offers a few tips and tricks there, which pairs really well with episode number 16, where I interviewed Dr. Annika Rolf around intuitive eating. So 
we know that most diets fail. You know, for most individuals who diet, not only do the diets fail or, you know, um, weight that might be trying to be lost is gained back. People often gain back more weight. And unfortunately, diets can end up being pretty consuming and impact other areas of life if there's ruptures or challenges around family catch-ups or social time with friends and sense of self. Like, they can be very disempowering, which really relates to psychological health you know, and how we're viewing and relating to our bodies and how our brains are ultimately wired. You know, we can't thought suppress. If I tell you not to think about a purple elephant, right away, you're going to be thinking about a purple elephant. The same way if I tell you not to think about a donut, you're going to be thinking about a donut. So Dr. Ralph and I dive into this in her um, interview, episode number 16. I think that this is a really important one, particularly as we exist within a diet culture framework. And I think it's really important that we in this generation start to talk about anti-diet culture and how we dismantle diet culture so that the next generation does it doesn't have the same vulnerability that we have, you know? I think you would know if you are not dieting or have not dieted yourself, you would know someone who has, and that leads to a lot of vulnerability. So let's start having these conversations. So I hope that this summary was helpful in terms of guiding you to some episodes. And I would also just like to flag a resource that I have available for you that I think, I think personally is super fantastic and useful is a mindful mandala based bullet journaling guide. It's free. If you head to my website, drcaitlin.com and go backslash bullet journal, you can download the free tutorial there. And I'll talk you through how you can use bullet journaling to cultivate healthy habits in your life. And these might be habits around mindful movement, awareness, equanimity, compassion, all of these things can be monitored and tracked in your bullet journaling in a mindful way, in a healthful way. And it also helps you around tracking certain states like, you know, your emotions as well as being driven by values. You know, one of the mandalas that I template for you, that I offer, that I gift you as a tool is around aligning with your values and then choosing goals, behaviors that really allow you to embody and live these values. You know, ultimately, as we start to live our values, we are more able to hold lightly some of the difficult thoughts, feelings, you know, memories, urges, sensations that come up for us, you know, this default mode network experience. If we can get clear on where we want to go, we can notice, name, and tame these inner challenges. So as you can see, all of these episodes and tools like values-based bullet journaling really work together. So you can grab that at drcaitlin.com backslash bullet journaling. And you'll also find there not only the show notes of this episode, and other episodes, but some other freebies and resources that might be useful for you as well, like some journals around acceptance and commitment training, compassion, mindfulness, and the like. If you are enjoying these episodes, if they have been helpful, please leave a review. It really helps in terms of getting the word of this podcast out there. And if you have any more suggestions around what you would like to see in season four, 
feel free to send your suggestions to hello at drcaitlin.com and I will look so forward to reconnecting in season four. In the time being, head to at drcaitlin on Instagram, Facebook, perhaps, perhaps TikTok. I'm trying to get some useful videos that might provide some um, educational, useful educational material together there as well. You might motivate me. I wish you and yours as well and a fantastic couple of weeks ahead, a fantastic well-being break until I am able to drop back into your earbuds again. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week on the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast. Please visit drcaitlin.com to connect, find show notes, other episodes, and to subscribe. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating or perhaps simply tell a friend about the show. Wisdom for Wellbeing is not a substitute for professional, individualized mental health treatment. If you are in crisis, please contact 000, your local emergency number if you are outside of Australia, or attend your local hospital ED.